This is Research News from UIC, the University of Illinois at Chicago. Today, Simon Alford, professor of biological sciences, describes work he and colleagues in Montreal did that led to the discovery of a parallel brainstem circuit in vertebrates, a finding which may be applicable to research on Parkinson's disease. Here's Professor Alford. This is an issue that relates to how an animal or a human starts to walk or swim or fly, depending on the type of creature you're talking about. It's an area we both know a lot about. We know that all vertebrates, so everything from a fish on up to a human, activates locomotion by switching on a region of the brain called the mesencephalic locomotor region, and perhaps also by another region called the diencephalic locomotor region, startlingly obviously named. These then project information down through the brainstem to make synapses onto neurons in the brainstem, and we call those neurons reticulospinal neurons, and they further project to the spinal cord, and the spinal cord generates what we might call the precise motor synergy, the complicated movements and little tweaks of muscles that cause you to walk in the right way or a fish to swim in the right way or a goose to fly in the right way. The commonalities of this system really relate back to that brainstem system. And we were very interested in how you activate locomotion and sustain locomotion. But the work was an accident. A colleague of mine from Montreal came to visit and wanted to test the effect of a large class of drugs that act on a group of receptors that are called muscarin receptors. These are a type of receptors that respond to a neurotransmitter called acetylcholine, which is released in a large number of areas in the brain. And uh, Réjean Dubuc, who is this colleague from Montreal, was interested in how muscarinic receptors depress sensory inflow. Imagine you start to walk. You don't want a branch brushing your face to distract you too much, especially if you're walking for a very particular reason, like to go to something or to run away from something. But in fact, what we discovered when we tested this class of substances on the brainstem is that it's incredibly excitatory. It causes animals to go into a series of bursts of locomotion. And this unusual finding caused us to throw away the study we were going to do when Rejean visited and started studying the second group piece of work that uh, Roy Smetana joined me and Rejean to work on, which is how does muscarin cause you to locomote? We work on a, a very primitive fish called the lamprey. The reasons for this are mostly because we can take out the entire central nervous system and work on it and put electrodes into the cells that we think are relevant and interesting to the question we work on. In fact, you can evoke a form of activity in this fish that we call uh, fictive locomotion. Fictive locomotion is locomotion that would be locomotion if the central nervous system was connected to muscles, but we've experimentally separated the animal from its muscles. So when the animal tries to swim, it generates the pattern of activity in the spinal cord corresponds to locomotion, but of course there's no locomotion because the animal's effectively paralyzed. Working on this preparation then, we're able to look at the individual neurons and their contributions to this activity from the brain all the way down to the spinal cord. It's a piece of work that's been pioneered from a group in Sweden led by a a well-known professor called Sten Grillner, and uh, we used the animal preparation, this lamprey, to study this, to start looking at this problem of muscarin and how it activates locomotion. And we discovered a nucleus that exists in the brainstem of vertebrates, but nobody was aware existed before. And it does quite interesting things. 
when you want to start walking, you don't want to start walking either tripping over your own feet or walking in circles. So there has to be a very equivalent output of locomotor or neural power to both sides of your body at the same time, which translates to in the spinal cord, to both sides of the spinal cord at the same time. So imagine two signals going down one side of the spinal cord and the other side of the spinal cord. If one of those signals is stronger than the other, you'll walk in circles. Or if you're a lamprey, you'll swim in circles. And uh, what we found was that this output from these neurons that we discovered, that we called muscarinoreceptive neurons, just to say that they're neurons that respond to muscarin, one of the things we found was that there was a Im- quite remarkable symmetry between the two sides of the brainstem that these neurons project. It's actually a symmetry that is so precise that it must result from learning during the animal's lifetime. couldn't just grow that way. It's too precise to give that sort of pre- symmetry. So there must be some feedback telling the neurons on either side to adjust. So that was one feature of the study that was important to us. The other one is that these neurons, in response to a short stimulus, a short amount, a very short period of time of acetylcholine release, which is the neurotransmitter, cause a very extended period of locomotion. So it's like you decided to locomote. You made that decision. But you don't have to keep on thinking about it. And we've all been through this experience. You might be driving and thinking about something else, and you suddenly realize you drove 10 miles and you can't remember a single tree or sign or anything that you saw on the way, you keep doing something repetitively without higher centers thinking about it. They get subserved to thinking about something else, like what's for dinner tonight or, or other things like that. Well, with locomotion, it's the same thing. You can start to run or to walk, and then you don't have to worry about keeping on saying left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right. So these neurons switch on. a short bolus of neurotransmitter release. They switch on, turn on, and keep generating an output to the locomotor system. And it goes on for quite some time. And when I'm talking about quite some time, I'm talking about up to a minute or maybe even two minutes. Now, that may not seem a lot, but if you think about getting up and walking, you can go a long way in two minutes. So this is quite an interesting phenomenon. The other interest of this particular phenomenon relates back to some of the oldest treatments for Parkinson's disease. Before the days of L-DOPA and, and our knowledge of what Parkinson's disease really is, which was, is, a, a, is a loss of neurons that release a neurotransmitter called dopamine, before that was known, the earlier treatments for Parkinson's disease was treatment of tissue with antagonist and muscarin receptors. And it's thought now although we may need to change this idea, that part of the inability to initiate movements that's associated with Parkinson's disease is a mismatch, an imbalance between output into muscarinoreceptive systems or muscarin systems, release of acetylcholine, and uh, a balance between that and dopaminergic systems. Unfortunately, because we know so little about this so far, it's a very simplistic idea. One would like to hope that you could have a much more sophisticated idea of how these neurons are interacting but we hope that this finding will aid in that a little bit to make the, these ideas more sophisticated. Simon Alfred is professor of biological sciences. For more information about this research, go to www.news.uic.edu, click on News Releases, and look for the release dated May 19, 2010. This has been Research News from UIC, the University of Illinois at Chicago.